It's bonus part one five o. You enter the dilapidated building because on your pamphlet you found for free cosmetic surgery, this is the address. You've gone, surely not free cosmetic surgery, but I found this pamphlet in a bush. Might as well check it out. You open the door and it's a rickety old industrial building. And you go, hello, is anybody here? I'm here for the free facelift. Lift, lift, lift. And then out of a dusty corner... I appear, but I've got Pierre's face. And you say, Pierre, your body's different to how I imagined. And then Pierre enters, but he's got my face. <laughs> and, and you're like, what the hell's going on? And we've done each, we've cosmetic surgery each other to look like the other one. Welcome yes. to Bud Pod. <laughs> yes, bonus pod, sorry, off. bonus pod. Bonus pod. We've done a we've face done, off. We've, we've done a, a face swap. Um... Yes, we it would it would be uh it would be interesting. What do you think you would do if you had my face? You had a you had a big beard. I I'd be I'd be thrilled because I've always wanted all I've ever wanted is a beard and I cannot have it. I cannot yeah. have a beard. I'm just I don't have the genes for it. I can't grow one. And so I'd feel like a million bucks. I'd be running around. I'd be, I'd be like Ebenezer Scrooge on Christmas Day. You boy, touch my beard. I'd just be going to children asking them to touch my beard. I'd be so happy about that. Yeah. What would you do with my face? Um, make some money, baby. I don't know. <laughs> I'd... I'd agree to do a load of adverts that you wouldn't want to do and then tell them to pay it into my Pierre Novelli's account for some reason. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I'd, I'd, okay. I'd really I'd really fuck up your credibility. <laughs> but what what about when people go, Phil, how when did your legs become so thick? <laughs> what will you say? I just to them? say, um I uh, every day is leg day. Every day's leg day for me, yeah. and they'll go, but your body is hairy and white. And I'll say, <laughs> yeah, leg day. <laughs> it's amazing what leg day will do for you. It's amazing what leg day will do for you. If, you, if you're not getting pallid and hairy, then uh, you aren't doing leg day right, my friend. Yeah, you need to hit up more of those squats. Yeah, squat those leg hairs right out. Squat that clean white. Squat... squat that skin a clean white that's like a dove advert basically remember when they were doing those adverts like our soap's so good you'll change race to a nice clean white race Do you yeah. remember those? <laughs> it's literally ethnic cleansing that was the we'll was scrub the melanin right off you <laughs> is um is the scandal of skin whitening cream Alive and well in Malaysia, Phil. It certainly is in South Africa and India. Oh, really? I mean, skin. I don't think it was ever a scandal. I think skin whitening cream is as popular as ever. Well, that's the. Well, I mean, a scandal in the sense that it it should be or is scandalous in. A oh, way. oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Like, is skin whitening cream in itself scandalous prevalent in Malaysia? Yes, it is. Uh, it really is. It's it's just it's got like bleaching and stuff, doesn't it? It's crazy. Um, yeah, and I would see adverts for it all the whole time growing up, yeah. and uh, 
and in all the adverts for it, it was like an, an a Chinese lady, a be- beautiful young Chinese lady, sort of rubbing the cream into her face, like ah. And I just think, hmm, I wonder which, I wonder which ethnic group these ads are for. I wonder which ethnic group <laughs> is most interested in looking as white as possible. Yeah, man, the Chinese do not like a duck skin. They don't want it. It's. I remember. It's, I remember yeah. my <laughs> there was a teacher at my school in Malaysia when we were like thirteen, or whatever. He was like, um, he was saying to the girls, um, uh, "Now you don't, uh, if you're a girl, you don't want to be out in the sun. Don't don't go in the sun because then your your skin very get very dark. Oh, yeah, not nice." <laughs> and then and then that's when he spotted a girl called Mary in the class, who's a, a Filipino girl, dark skinned and beautiful. But he just said this, and he looked at her, and he went, eh, sorry, uh. <laughs> eh, sorry, uh. <laughs> No, like... Just, He'd just like, gone on about how disgusting dark skin was, and he saw Mary, oh, eh, sorry, uh. And she just, like, she just did that face at him, like, you know that emoji where the eyes and the mouth are just, like, flat lines? Just, oh. <laughs> oh, God. And he was, I should say, he was a, he was a Chinese-Malaysian guy, the teacher amazing amazing to be like he's he's saying sorry in the sense of like sorry for telling it like it is sister uh, you know he, he he definitely said sorry in a way like he was like he'd been caught he was not expecting to be caught out yeah or just sort of saying like oh i'm sorry that i mentioned the truth yeah yeah a little bit yeah oh, i sorry. should have waited for you to leave the classroom before i i i laid down some hard truths yeah god it's crazy that, you know, everyone in England is doing fake tan and tanning beds and holidays and everyone everywhere else is buying skin whitening cream. Everyone just seems to want to be beige, meet in the middle. The skin is always beige on the other side. The yeah. skin is always beige on the other side. And it's, yeah. um, it just doesn't feel like it should be legal. What, what, uh, as in legal to advertise? skin whitening i don't know i mean i guess should tanning beds be illegal well i mean they're pretty dangerous aren't they like they're not great either is it should it be illegal to get a tan if you're out on the beach if i had my policeman the policeman would come up and say all right that's enough for you the policeman the policeman would come out and say back on the shadows Which would be a fun thing to say if you're a cop. You point at someone with a baton and go, back into the shadows with you. <laughs> you're brown enough, boy. Back into the shadows. I don't think it, the products should be illegal. There should probably be some conditions on the way they're allowed to advertise it. Yeah, it, it's just that it, it feels like they're being... They're popular for a depressing reason. Hmm... I guess that's just my reaction to the fact that I find the reason that they're popular a bit depressing. Um, like, I'd be fine with it. Like, obviously, it's fine if you, I don't know, you've got some sort of unaccountable blotch and you want to lighten it by comparison with the rest of your skin tone. Fine. But yeah, my 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 normal desire to preserve, preserve individuals' ability to police their bodies as they will gets a bit confused by how weird I find those adverts where, as you say... There's a real element of like, now I'm okay. Like now yeah, that I'm I'm whiter, I, <laughs> I can get that job, uh, and I'm smarter yeah, yeah. and faster or whatever. There's a kind of creepy. 
creepiness to it that I don't like. But again, like like you say, what can you do? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, among the Chinese community in Malaysia, and I imagine much of China, having lighter skin does confer um, um, actual real life benefits. Mm. You know, and it makes you, you seem get, you get a better job, get a better partner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. What is uh, that? Sorry. Are you what? Are you listening to Land of Hope and Glory? <laughs> no, I just had a little. I just had a little snot in my nose. Oh, I think. Um, I think I got something weird coming in through my headphones. I heard a little burst of music there. Oh, I thought you heard me go. And you thought I'd been moved to tears by listening to Land of Hope and Glory. <laughs> or moved to tears by the idea of, of, of a nation where you can finally buy as much skin white and cream as you like. <laughs> my land. My land. <laughs> also, I, um, so I, I, it's a piece of correspondence that I can't find. It's somewhere when I was scanning through correspondence. Or maybe a tweet someone sent. I think, Phil, some of the maybe American listeners think that when you say we won it, yeah. you're saying we want it. Oh. We want oh, it. Oh, really? We, we want, want it. it. Oh, right. We want it. No, I'm saying we won it as in we procured it. We um, w- deservedly. W- <laughs> W-O-N. Yes, W-O-N. We yeah. won it. We won it. <laughs> um. Yes, I can't remember where that came up, but I just thought I'd clear up that you were saying something uh, more objectionable than simply that we want it. Yeah, we want it. We yeah. want it. Want it. Um, if you didn't yeah. want to lose it, you shouldn't have had it in the first place. We want it. <laughs> I think you'd be a good uh, villain in a film. I think you'd be a good villain in a film in a in a, one of those movies where the villain is like the villain thinks he's doing what's best. Like the one where it's like, oh, I, you, you can't even, it's not like a villain that you can hate. It's a villain that you can be like, oh no. Well, like, what, like Thanos, like he thinks he's helping. Yeah, but you can sort of hate him because he's quite rude about it. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? He's quite like, you are all worms or whatever. Hmm. Whereas I, I, I could be a good villain who's really just trying his best, but has got it yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you, you've you've decided that the best way to solve um, best way to solve like global warming or whatever was like um, you know murdering a lot of people or, or shutting down the sun or something. It was like, oh no, he's kind of uh, he's not <laughs> wrong, but it's like the bad way of doing it. We're gonna shut down the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure, sure. It's yeah, quite a good. Uh, that would be a quite a good. It sounds like something Donald Trump would say. We're going to shut down the sun. <laughs> We're going to look into shutting down the sun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's literally what Mr. Burns does in um, Who Shot Mr. Burns, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, for all its flaws, The Simpsons uh, mocking the super rich long before Twitter. Yes. Yes. As, the Simpsons well, was the Simpsons was saying abolish abolish billionaires before it was cool. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was thinking about you know Joe Rogan's like insane Spotify deal. Yeah, hundred million U.S. dollars. Hundred 
mil. Can't believe that. A hundred million. That's so many millions. Mil. So you know how like that deal is huge and insane and it's like a once in a lifetime, once in a generation sort of deal? Mm. It is crazy to think that Joe Rogan would have to achieve that deal 10 times to be a billionaire. Yeah, although that, mm, it feels, it makes it feel more achievable to me, actually. If you divide a billion into 100 million, you go, oh, okay, I could do that. <laughs> into chunks of 100 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's my pep talk for this week, guys. Getting to a billion is so much more manageable mentally if you think about it instead as ten one hundred millions. You can do ten one hundred millions. <laughs> Look, guys, guys, you can afford a house. You can. You can buy one. You don't need to be a billionaire. You just need say a hundred million, just to start with. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to start uh, with your 100 million and if that goes okay you get another 100 million and you just you know it's it's just before you know it 10 times you know, you're there yeah. you'll, be, you'll be amazed yeah you'd be buy amazed. a couple of few, fewer lattes a day and just build up by 100 million it might not seem like much at the time but it all adds up Hun- hundreds of millions of dollars really adds up if you just get an incredibly high paying job and don't really eat and you don't have any fun or you don't rent anything to watch or watch anything or go anywhere or talk to anyone, then in just one or 2,000 years, you could also have 100 million. Have you, I, I, have you finally stopped listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, Pierre? To protest? <laughs> in to protest. protest his stance on, vac- on vaccines? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I finally, I'm finally sick of him. For me, this is what's... Uh, <laughs> I think it's mad that it's it's like a top story in the BBC news. I mean, I guess he has more of a reach than all the news channels combined. Yeah, that's but still, true. it seems like a mad thing for everyone to be banging on about. It does feel mad, and I mean, I don't, I didn't, I was so exhausted by even the headline that I didn't even click through to find out what exactly he'd been saying. I know he's an ivermectin brain pills weirdo, but that's always been true. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. What has he been saying? What did he actually do and say? Or did he have what a weird? Has... He's now in trouble for saying the N word in the past. So it's all kicking off. Yeah. You do one thing, and it's like, it's like the the floodgates open, and people just, just reach for as many past sins as they can to throw at you at once. What has Joe Rogan actually said? Yeah, I mean, he's had like Milo Yiannopoulos and Alex Jones on before and people sort of complained, but it wasn't the same as what's happened now. Now it's all kicking off at once. Yeah. It doesn't rain, but it pours when it comes to... Rogan has claimed claimed he isn't anti-vaccine, but during an episode of his podcast on the 23rd of April, 2021, he said, if you're like 21 years old and you say to me, should I get vaccinated... I'll go no. Oh, that's I mean, dumb. That, it's dumb, but it's also like, uh, whatever. So I don't care. It's dumb. Who, who cares? I wonder, I was thinking about this. Why do you think his audience is so big? What do you think it is? Because, I mean, obviously, he was already famous because he hosted Fear Factor and he was UFC guy, commentator. Um, I mean, it's UFC mad. I mean, his his podcasts them. are three hours long, an episode. Uh, 
And there's like two a week as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know how people have the time to listen to him or the patience, but he has the biggest audience in history. I don't, yeah. I'm not entirely sure. It's not for me. I, I, I think I've... Maybe I tried it once years ago and it's like, this is just... It's too rambly for me. I mean, our podcast is rambly, but that podcast is like next level rambly. Dude, our podcast is tight considering that we don't need to edit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're so naturally tight because we're professional stand-ups who know each other well. Like, we don't... There's very little stuff that's not... Uh, um. It's rambly in the sense that it's we don't have like a now the feature where we talk about specifically this, you know. But although we do, actually, we we have that we have Tat and we have Tat and Pooh. Yeah, we're Tat, yeah. <laughs> Tat and Pooh. Um, I think that Rogan, my kind of theory, I'm kind of musing on. I think is that Rogan is popular for the same reason that Jordan Peterson got popular because he just appeals to this like weird sort of sixteen to to twenty eight year old mm. men mm-hmm. like it's very young there but audiences skew very young not entirely but way more than anything else apparently i've heard that that's the hardest but best um advertising demographic by the way 18 to 24 year old men best in what way they have the most disposable income and they spend they jizzle their money on stuff so it's good to advertise to them really i wouldn't yeah. thought i thought they'd be too young to have an, an expendable income but uh, what, in, what income they do have, they spend it on stuff they like, like, you know, whatever, mm. PlayStation games and booze. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they're big uh, yeah. spenders, big consumers, and I don't know, whatever. Once you have them, you have them for life, something like that. It, but, but they're just like a really good demographic that's really hard to reach because it's just like they don't tend to congregate in one place. And I, a friend of mine who works in marketing said that if you can, if you have anything that can you can really confidently say is like, the way to reach eighteen to twenty-four year old males, you will you will just make a mint. Really? How interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's too bad us men are so such varied and complex figures. You just can't pin us down, Pierre. You just can't pin <laughs> well, you, us down. You can. You just need to get like a stoned fighting man. <laughs> you need a stoned fighting comedy man. <laughs> Uh, what let's say like stoned muscly fighting comedy man libertarian uh a gross out show host right 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 that covers a lot of ground so it's smoking weed and being a bro and muscles and weightlifting and fighting uh um and and uh, how much to make you eat a slug oh gross he's doing it what does that happen on the podcast? Like Fear Factor? No, style? Fear Factor. He used to host Fear Factor. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah We're yeah, gonna yeah. cover you in spiders, <laughs> like that whole thing. <laughs> maybe he's everything. He's like he's like uh, maybe Joe Rogan. He's the ideal like man. A... It's true. He is the ideal man. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a masculinity like uh, uh, avatar. You know. Yeah, yeah. He's a subplatonic ideal of a man. Yeah, um, he's a guy who shrugs a lot and says. For the sake of argument. Just for the sake of argument. I think what he fills is this term that um, I, I came across. And it's, it's really brilliant uh, documentary by... Uh, what's the guy's name? Something York. Peter York or something? Paul York. Yeah. Um, and it was about hipsters. And so hipsterism, where it's come from and how it's become um, a very mainstream now. And he talks... There's one bit that's specifically about... 
how it how hipster, hipsterism manifests itself in men and mm. and it's lumberjack shirts fishermen's hats in an in, the sort of industrial aesthetic yeah. mustaches oldie worldy sort of pomades and and he theory, he says you know this is he he says it's because we're one, the first generation to be almost exclusively non-manual in our work and in our jobs yeah. and yeah. and and we have to fill what he calls the masculinity gap so he calls it the masculinity gap there's a gap between uh, how our generation of men actually lives and how we think we're supposed to be and because we don't have these jobs like we no longer you know mine and fish and chop down trees we we fill in that gap by wearing lumberjack shirts and wearing fishermen's hats and and right. in a way i feel like that's that's some that I feel in a way I think that's what Joe Rogan does maybe I think he fills the masculinity gap for a lot of men because I imagine the the vast majority of his listeners are not bros themselves but well they're like bro adjacent to, they're bro I don't know. they're bro th- bro aspirational <laughs> yeah I, I think there I think there'll be a lot of kind of nerdy guys a lot of introverted guys a lot of quiet guys and and I think Joe Rogan sort of does the masculinity for them in a way yeah well well he helps motivate them to go and do too many push-ups hmm i think yeah i think a lot of quiet nerdy guys are also like want want to sort of get shredded and reform yeah, themselves you you find that on a lot of online sort of in it's not incel but like incel adjacent sort of how to become a chad you know what i mean mm-hmm. how do also... i get confident how do I talk to also, girls, Phil? Yeah, and there's also this sort of the red pill theme of yes. there's there's a truth out there that everyone else in society is too cowardly or comfortable to acknowledge. Yeah. Whereas yeah, we know the real truth. And the real and, truth is, Phil, that if you get some muscles and smoke a bit of weed and be a cool guy, then you too will become a high school cool guy. Hmm. <laughs> archetype you'll become a popular dude a popular dude yeah. man yeah yeah but i don't know i i i i can't theorize too much on joe rogan because as i said i don't i don't listen to the podcast i've listened to a few but then like he he varies between being like okay well i'll have a a, a kind of a cutting edge nutritionist with an interesting new theory and i would listen to a couple of those like the slightly more sciencey ones mm. um and then he just have on like an absolute dangerous psychopath like Alex Jones. <laughs> and you just but, think... <sighs> but even when you describe it there, I, my, it, my, my instinct was, oh, that is good. That has value. A, a place, a platform where you can, you can get the full swathe of... Well, that's what he wants. Of opinion and... But that's his argument, right? But then yeah. the trouble is that I don't think he's the best man for the job because when he's not like high, he's like kind of slightly asking like what I, what I would say are frustrating questions to hear him ask. That's why I stopped listening after diving into a couple because I know and I agree. But he may not be the best man for the job, but he is the man. He's the one who's done it. Yeah. So it's, it's not you know how are you going to do? You you can't just they might they they're probably they almost certainly is a better man for the job out there, but they haven't done it and they can't do it. It's funny, isn't it? Because in the in the UK, 
we have the idea that a broadcaster has responsibility, whereas that's much less of a thing in the States. You could sort of say what you like. Yeah. yeah. And to what extent is holding up your hands and going, ah, I don't know, I'm just asking questions, I don't know. When does that stop becoming a defense and you really need to just, you know, stop telling people not to take medicine, for goodness sake. <laughs> but in but in his defense, you know, he, he the show is not positioned as a news show. And there's no reason to assume that anything he says has any factual or scientific backing or that he's qualified to i think there there is an understanding there and i think the vast majority of his listeners probably do understand that and take what he says with a pinch of salt yeah maybe but then the the trouble is that we don't know that and it's 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 like uh you know it's it's like that sort of thing where they sort of go oh well you know no no one's really going to take me seriously and then that's true up until like you know january the 6th riots and stuff like oh i didn't mean for them to do that it's like well the factual reality ends up meaning that your intentions might not matter this week on phil wang's dude podcast more of that crazy uncensored content that you've come to know and love yeah, so I use Kickerman soy sauce when I make my fried rice, um, which is good because Kickerman's obviously a high quality soy sauce. But sometimes I feel like there's an a definite Japanese quality to the taste that is maybe inconsistent with a more ch- traditionally Chinese fried rice. We talk about what would win in fights. So what would win between a chimpanzee and an entire Roman legion? Probably the Roman Legion, really. I mean, there's so many of them, and they're so well-trained. Unbelievable red pill truths that the establishment doesn't want you to know. Plastic bags are not recyclable in normal household recycling. You have to go to, I think you have to go to the supermarket, you have to go to specific places if you want to recycle plastic bags. If you are at home, then... If in doubt, leave it out. That's the phrase. You're actually causing more trouble than you're helping by putting non-recyclable things in the recycling. As always, sponsored by the latest high-tech supplements. This is a tube of caniston. I put it on every day. Uh, Don't let thrush get in the way of your life. The Phil Wang Dude Podcast. Listen now before the mainstream media take it down. Um, do you want to hear my spicy take for this uh, yes. week, Pierre? Spice I, I think the January the 6th riot was fine. <laughs> what? That is I think spicy. it was fine. What? I think it was absolutely fine because it's I f- there's something so, na- it's so narratively satisfying. It was such a perfect end to... Donald Trump's tenure as presidency and it's rare that a real life event uh, something that concludes itself so well maybe I'm, I'm I'm speaking too soon to say conclude but that that yeah. develops and and goes somewhere so narratively perfect and neat you know th- Donald Trump you know he he injected this insanity into American public life and at the same time these conspiracy theorist groups grew, um, started to grow uh, and build online and it all culminated in this one great huge uh protest i don't mean great in the sense of good but you know large scale yeah 
And I don't know, I just found it so narratively satisfying. And also that uh, nothing, I mean, nothing came of it. Nothing happened. It was fine. Nothing happened. Well, close to what? Some people died, but it was close. Yeah, but I mean, it's America, you know. 200 people get together in America. (laughs) A few people are going to die. That's just America. There's guns everywhere. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do. I think as when people bring up January the sixth and sort of shake their heads, I go, "It was fine. What's, what's wrong with it? It's fine." But when you say fine, so what do you mean? It wasn't. Were you, it I don't think it was some. That... I don't think it was some terrifying tragedy. I thought. I thought oh, it was a side. I just thought it was sort of kind of like a narratively satisfying sideshow. But do you think it was nearly a terrible tragedy? Because that's why I think people speak in those tones because like we you know then no, someone nearly managed to take nancy pelosi's head on a stick you know how nearly how well they knew like if she hadn't like left her office like within the few minutes that she did they would have fucking found her or whatever mm, but they had all such a little of a plan they turned up you know in that foot i've watched the footage of them turning up in the chamber or whatever and they're just leafing through documents not even knowing what they're looking for yeah, but you've got to watch the footage of them chasing that black policeman if you want to see the real... Like, they're living through the documents because they fucking don't know how to read. They're, they're, oh, what's this? Like, the second they saw well, the black guy dressed like a cop, they were like uh, zombies like from 28 days, like sprinting after him up some stairs. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, I saw that. Yeah, but anyway, that's my, uh, that's my, uh, my hot take for the week is I was and remain unmoved by the January the 6th uh, riots. <laughs> that, is, that is, Phil, may I say, a very uh, non-Western take. Hmm. Yeah, uh, hmm. I think if you're from the, from the not-West, the idea of, of a riot in a place of government that only resulted in two or three deaths is pretty minor. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, it's small potatoes. I think it's minor for America. I think uh, in in death toll it's minor for America, but I think the the breaking of their ability to well, in fact, in the main free podcast, we were talking about how in America, if you look look at the president wrong, you get shot to bits, and you would have thought that that would apply to trying to smash your way into Congress with a bunch of weapons, but they mm-hmm, didn't mm-hmm. manage to do it. Yeah, well, exactly. So it, it was it was relatively bloodless for how 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 much bloodshed there could have been. And there's also the aspect of like, white and I, I guys like that was a kind of wake up call. It's a, it's a really good wake up call, I think, for the American system and 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 for everyone to realize that that these things can spill over. That's true. It might be a good warning about how these people actually are genuinely fucking nuts, and they will ruin everything. And I think it's great that you know that they're going to jail. That these people really pushed it too far, and now they're going to go to jail. And yeah, that is funny. The fact that so many of them just uh someone went on like parlor or one of those like uh encrypted apps and uh, what was this like somehow like tricked all of them into basically just listing their names oh really yeah it <laughs> yeah, was like a, they're all, they're, they're it was like uh, si- sign up here for free legal advice or something and then that list just got released and it was just everyone who There's went. this bit when, of in, of the footage when they turn up in in the the house the chamber of the house and they're leaving through documents and like there's got to be they, they actually say out loud there's got to be something here to get these fuckers and it's like it's like so clear that they've only ever played video games they've only ever played like <laughs> Skyrim where you walk into a room and the evidence is like there and it's glowing 
and they didn't understand that why isn't why isn't there a glowing exclamation mark over the piece of uh, document that I need? Yeah, where's I, this is Nancy Pelosi's desk. Why isn't there a piece of paper entitled "How to Steal the Election" by Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> Uh, well, that's my hot take. I, I don't. Sorry, I think we've run out of time. We don't have time for your hot take for the week. No. Well, I think. What is my hot take? I don't know what it is really. Do I have any hot takes? I'll think on it. I'll think on it. I'll try and bring a decent, uh, decently spiced take. <laughs> um, a, a nice, gently spiced take. Just a bit of cayenne in there. What you want to do, Phil, is you want to get your take and you want to let it reach room temperature and you want to give it a rub with the with the spice. You want to rub it rub, in there, yeah. get it in there, dry rub the, the take and just let that sit in a bowl, covered bowl, for about two hours um, before you uh, fry it up and serve it to your guests. Um, yes, we are out of time. Um, do you have anything to plug, Philip? Uh, yeah, come to my working pre working progress shows in London over the next month and a bit. Uh, buy my book Side Splitter. It's still available. It's still available. Yeah, th- those will be my plugs. It's still available, and you will be in Melbourne for the Melbourne Festival. Yes, anyone in Melbourne? Um, yeah, I'll be in the Melbourne Festival. Also, American listeners, I will be doing a little tour. It turns out in Ooh. sort of uh, late April. Um, keep tuned secret, for details. Secret po- podcast, Patreon only knowledge. There, guys, that's, yeah, as promised. Yeah. yeah. Um, as promised, I still just want more views for my special. I'm out here. Sucking off people for views. I'm desperate for views. I'm addicted to views. Yes, so. watch watch Pierre's special on on YouTube. Watch it on YouTube, and tell your friends and your grandma and everyone else involved in your life to watch it. That would be nice. Um, all right. Well, we will speak to you guys next week. Okay, everyone. Bye bye. Bye.